0: Split Screen
1: Kid Nation, a six-part podcast from CBC, available now. This is a CBC podcast.
0: Hi, Mark here. We have a special bonus episode we want to share with you today from another CBC podcast that we think you'll really like. Everyday commotion with Elamine Abdel Mahmoud brings you the most urgent, joyful, captivating discussions in all of arts, pop culture, and entertainment. In this episode, Elamine and expert horror fans discuss the staying power of The Exorcist and get into the reasons why we love to be scared at the movies. Have a listen.
1: Okay, so cards on the table. I'm not convinced that anyone needed to make a sequel to The Exorcist. Having said that, it is not a surprise to me that The Exorcist Believer beat everything else at the box office. Today on the podcast, why audiences still can't get enough of the exorcist. I'm Elamine Abdul Mahmoud. This is Commotion. Okay, I'll admit, when I hear this, my spine does tingle. Somewhere between
0: science and superstition, there is another world. No! The world of darkness.
2: one hope the only hope the exorcist
1: that's not comforting at all it's been 50 years since the original exorcist came out and now there's a new exorcist movie in theaters that's in theaters right now Look, uh, the reviews are terrible. Reviews are terrible, okay? But it still got number one of the box office this this past weekend. Matt Hart saw it. Jen Sukhwan Lee saw it. They're both massive horror fans, and they've seen this new Exorcist. Matt, Jen, welcome to the group chat. What's good, everybody?
0: Nothing, man. Just uh, reeling after the Exorcist by name alone uh, sequel
1: here. <laughs> Jen, what about you? Is that the vibe, too?
2: I mean, that little audio clip, that one just sent me right back. I love it. I love it. I I do feel
1: like before we even get into talking about the Exorcist uh, believer, we kind of maybe need to define our terms because there are people who love scary movies and there are people who I will professionally call uh, wimps. Yes, and I'm am among the wimps. Yeah, yeah, I am yeah. I I will I'm proudly among the wimps. Some people just like don't get horror. They go yeah, like yeah. I don't. What is a good horror movie? I don't understand because I don't engage with it. Uh, Matt. You're a fan of the genre. Yes. What makes for a good horror movie?
0: Well, I mean, it can it can be a lot of things. For me, it's something that leaves me unsettled. I don't like to feel dirty. Oh, okay. I don't like to feel dirty, like a shower <laughs> after it. You know, there's that kind of like the torture stuff. I don't really go for that. Yeah. But I do genuinely like to feel something afterwards. And a good movie makes you feel something, whether that's like a comedy makes you laugh like crazy. Yeah. Horror makes you scared, whatever. You should feel something at the end of it. Yeah. And uh, I think that's a successful horror movie is something that makes you feel like, oh, I shouldn't have seen that. I shouldn't have done that.
2: What, what am I doing here?
1: What am I doing with my life? Jen, part of the reason that I don't see horror movies is that when a horror movie is good, I don't sleep for several days. Like, and I just kind of go, okay, there goes my sleep. That is, I'm not going to be able to get to bed. What makes a good horror movie for you?
2: Uh, my favorite kinds of horror movies are the ones that take things that we're very comfortable with, very familiar with, uh, things that we might hold very dear to our hearts, and makes them super creepy crawly and messes us up. That's my favorite thing. So, like, if you like babies, it does something weird with babies. Whatever it is.
0: <laughs> hey, what's the new one? There's a slother house? A sloth? Uh, sorry? There's a movie called Slother House that just okay. came out.
1: About a sloth that's on a rampage. So.
0: Like a, like a sloth. That, that would, like, like a sloth. Everyone the animal. Like the loves sloths. Sloths.
1: Yeah. Like I, I would never root sloth. against a sloth. You can't convince me that. Okay, wow.
0: Oh, this sloth. he's are real cinema. I'll tell you what.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm never gonna watch yeah. Sloth or House. I'm out on that one. <laughs> me too. <laughs> uh, okay, now that we got that out of the way, yeah. I just want to play a clip from the new Exorcist movie. It features Ellen Burstyn, who played the mom in the original.
2: Exorcism is a ritual. Every culture, every religion, they all use different methods. It's going to take all of them. Scared. We've met before, mother.
1: No. It's a no from me. <laughs> <laughs> just just, a, just based on that alone. Uh Matt, what'd you think? How does the new Exorcist compare with the original? Well, it will be on the title of my
0: invoice that I send over to you for the <laughs> screening pr- procedure. <laughs> <It> was, <laughs> Yikes. I, yeah, okay. no, it was it was um not great. I was <laughs> just personally, it didn't really do it for me. Okay. And uh, and the reason why this is, is because um I think The Exorcist, the original, wasn't scary to me until I became older, mm. because in this era of like these classic horror movies, The Omen, uh, I would say even Pet Cemetery, um, you're looking at movies that when you were young you couldn't really deal with these huge decisions these people were making, like The Exorcist. You're seeing. Uh, Regan turned from this angelic kid into this literal bile spewing demon. Cool, and you 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 love that you love that. And well, you you're watching the parent because you know yeah. I've got kids, and I, I watch and I think you know seeing your kid in medical distress where they have the spinal tap she has to go through, and that's a lot of the horror in it is watching someone transform for the worst. Yeah. Or, or the uh, the the one um, priest who's uh, fighting with his mother's own dementia. Mm. So you're you're watching as a kid these huge. Huge, huge adult problems and you've never been trained to deal with this stuff so you're like seeing an adult in peril is almost the same as now when we're adults and we see children in peril where we right. we're empathetic it to that to it's very that. distressing yeah. yeah but i mean you can do it under the kind of like um you know cotton swabs around you of it being a
1: movie Right. I, I, the whole time that you watch a movie, you're like, so there's someone out there with a boom mic. Exactly. That is like, that's, it's like a comforting five. There's
0: a best boy in the room. But then, <laughs> I know that. <laughs>
1: this is actually, this is my comfort tool. Is like every time that I'm scared in a movie, I go like, someone is yelling cut right after yeah. this. I don't know who it is, but they're just off in the corner. And this is just a silly little room. Uh, Jen, for you, how does a new Exorcist compare to the original?
2: Honestly, I found it a bit boring. Which is okay. all right. Which is, it did it did not do anything unexpected. If you've seen the first Exorcist, which most of us have, uh, this one is kind of just trading on the same stuff. But the difference is that I think what made the original Exorcist so horrifying to people was having a young girl, a, you know, a child. Uh, possessed and doing and saying things that are really disgusting and sure. very adult and very horrible. Um, in this version, the girls don't really do that. I think maybe they made that decision so the actors aren't traumatized, which fair. I don't want actors to be traumatized, but that <laughs> is completely sort of taken out of this of this particular version of the Exorcist. The girls, there's maybe a whisper of something gross and adult, but not really. I mean, Linda Blair had to go through some things; these ones don't. Mm-hmm. So I was like upset.
1: The the, the subtext that were <laughs> You're saying here is like, uh, if you don't traumatize the children yeah. on set, are you making a horror movie? Is
0: it real?
2: Well, listen, we have CGI now, things other things can be done,
0: but I mean, I would I would agree with you here that, um, yeah, we didn't really care what happened to them because with Regan in the first one, we cared because we're watching this child slowly kind of deteriorate mm. and we we watch her go from such a good kid, yeah, to just saying the most unbelievable stuff. You're like, she can't say anything worse than that, and you're like, well, there it is.
1: You know what I mean? mean, Oh, yeah, yeah. Over and over. Yeah. Well, I'm interested in this because, you know, not to, you know, be all the power of IP compels you about Mm -hmm. this, but there's something about The Exorcist brand that makes it seem like if you're making a movie in that lineage, a sequel, you've got Ellen Burstyn in this. Yeah. This is an open net, right? Like, this is like, you can score quite easily because you're treading on a legacy. Yeah. And the legacy is already going to bring so many people to the theater. So what is it about this movie that you think fails so hard in, in terms of like living up to the original, because it seems like the original set a really high bar.
0: Yeah, well, you nailed it there. I mean, like, I have no sympathy for this movie. Like, oh, it's got the burden of, you know, living in the, on the shoulders of giants here, yeah. where it's actually has a leg up. You could you print money with that title. Yeah, people just, will go see it. Yeah, it and, you know, they they pull Ellen Burstyn out every couple minutes, like, remember me? You know what I mean? <laughs> I was in it, too. Um it, it, They just kind of went, I think, a little too... Um, teen, and I don't want to sound like an old man when I say that, but they're trying to introduce new viewers into this franchise, mm. and they're going with the kind of uh, talk to me and the kind of newer style of teen horror, which which is fine. There's some great teen horror movies, but in this case, um, I don't think you can just slap a name on it, make it a placeholder, and then hope that it's going to be a good movie. You still have to make a good movie.
1: Hi, right, listen. Mm. If, if folks are just joining us, my name is Alamine Abdul Mahmoud. This is Commotion. Today on the podcast, we got Jen Su Lee here. We got Matt Hart here, and we're talking about the new Exorcist. Jen, it does not sound like we have particularly favor favorable opinions of this movie. Did, was did you have a sense of really high expectations going into it?
2: Yeah, of course. I mean, the original Exorcist was the first movie that, well, not the first, but the, one of the ones that scared like the pants off me at like 13 or 14 when I first uh, watched it. So this, sure. I wanted it to really scare me. The trailer was actually quite scary when I watched it before I went to see the movie. Yeah, um, And I was like, just disappointed in the fact that, you know, the original Exorcist came out in 1973. This one is 2023. And so much of Uh, You know, as I said before, good horror is about like taking apart and making weird things that are familiar or comforting to us. And in the first one, that's like religion and like childhood. And in this one, Mm. I think they squandered an opportunity. Like what makes teen girls in 2023 really scary? There are a plethora of things they could have used Mm. from social media to sending nudes to selfies to like body image that they did not use that Mm. would have been in keeping with the theme but make it much more horrific and scary and, you know, sort of like on brand for what 2023 is, what we find scary today. And they didn't do it. And I think that's a waste.
1: Right. It's the idea is like, if you're going to make a a horror that is based on sort of the teen horrors, then do that. Yeah. Right. But, but they didn't then quite go there. Right. But they didn't quite do that. Uh, yeah. I will say Matt, the other thing that the original exorcist illustrates so well is how much of what makes a movie actually terrifying lives in our brain, right? Like it's like Absolutely. it's like you cast a thing into my brain and I go, oh no, I'm the I'm the person that's disturbed. There's some really incredible uh recent examples of this. There's a relatively new Canadian horror movie. I don't know if you saw Skinimer Rink or not. Of course. Yeah. Okay, so Skinamarink is so much about what you don't see. I want to play you guys a clip from an interview that the filmmaker, his name is Kyle Edward Ball, he did with my pal Tom Power over on Cube. A lot of it is just implication, so maybe something is around the corner, maybe something is hiding in the dark, and I wanted it to kind of evoke um, childhood fears. I, I love that idea. I love the idea of like, wanting to evoke childhood fears and there's something lurking in the dark. Talk to me about this idea of implied horror. Why is it so powerful, man?
0: Well, I always say, you know, the imagination is the scariest place. It's, uh, your body's going to do, or your brain's going to do a lot of the heavy lifting when it comes to things you can't see. Right. And you think back to, you know, one of my favorites, I always think back to Blair Witch Project. Yeah. And our attention spans are shot now because we can scroll around on our phone and we don't, you know, we're not able to sit and then just absorb. Like, I do it too. I'm not sure judging by any stretch here, yeah, but, yeah, but, but the, uh, the thing is with that movie, they didn't show anything and we loved that back then. Yeah. And now we seem to, skin ink, one of the big uh, criticisms was that we don't see anything. Right. And you're like, but that's kind of what makes it really scary. It's right.
1: this unknowable evil. If you're really in it, you actually like really yeah. food into everything that's not there. Yeah.
0: Sense. And I don't know if you know, it, but quickly it's about, you know, these two kids wake up and all the windows and doors of their house are gone and their parents are gone.
1: Which is horrifying,
0: and he filmed it in his childhood home for fifteen grand. The director,
1: I'd love well, to tell for you, for heaven's
2: been... sake,
0: <laughs> and it's 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 horrifying. Nothing that really happens. It's it's like it's like taking a bath in a mood.
2: You uh, know, it's Jen, Jen whole... are you?
1: Does that make you go like I want to watch that?
2: Yeah, I'll probably watch it. Incidentally, <laughs> I I did make my kid watch Blur Witch Project like last week, and he he he, he woke me up. He's like, I'm having nightmares, and I'm like, see. I <laughs> told you it was scary.
1: <laughs> you know what? He deserves it. I'm so glad that yeah. he's being introduced to, you know, horror movies of previous generations. Then before we wrap, I want to get into the fundamental paradox of horror here. Um, horror is not a, a, a vibe, a mood bath that people want to take quite often. For people who do love it, why is it that we love to be scared? What's going on there?
2: I honestly think that in the moment when we're being scared, when something actually scary happens in the movie, that part doesn't feel that great, but afterwards it feels amazing. You're like, I lived through something, even (laughs) though you did not. And I think that that's like really it. And I also think that there's something about, horror that does really like incisive like cultural commentary too right like yeah. if you're looking at like just talking about the first exorcist like t- it was 1973 when the world was changing rapidly and all of these things that that the world thought were like traditional or were going to stay forever were not systems were falling so the exorcist took it one step further and said well let's take catholicism apart now Let's take childhood apart now and let's explore these spaces where these things are falling apart. So I think that those are the things that we love. We almost, there's a perverse part of our brains that wants to see like, that wants to burn it all down and that's what horror movies do for us.
1: I, I also love the idea that, uh, you know, um, The Exorcist was taking concepts like childhood and Catholicism apart because that's kind of become a trope, right, Matt? Mm-hmm. Like we, we've see we that in so many different horror movies yeah. um, that were maybe almost too familiar with that Absolutely. conception but it was, it was sort of groundbreaking when it first came out. Yeah, and it's
0: just not even just the, the children in that, it's everyone struggling with their faith in uh in the exorcism where both the priests are uh, notoriously conflicted with mm-hmm. taking place in the exorcism and um and like the the younger it's escaping me the younger priest who's dealing with his mother's dementia it's uh it's like a really strong part of of the film where he's like I don't know if I believe in anything anymore. Oof. Yeah, so I mean that's why those th- that that style of movie for me it's the like um it's the BDSM of films. It's the hot, su- it's the hot sauce or the, like, the salt and vinegar of films. You know, you're like, ow.
1: But that's good. Ow. I, I, uh, I was not expecting to hear the phrase, the BDSM of films, this morning on the radio. But you know what? It's live radio, baby. Anything could happen. Uh, 30 seconds to each of you. You're going to tell me about your, the best horror film ever. Matt, I'll start with you.
0: Oh, ever? I mean, I'm gonna go Blair Witch just because I want to be controversial because a lot of people don't like it and don't think it could exist now. Um, and I agree, the marketing couldn't exist now. But uh, that's a great one for your imagination.
1: Uh, Jen's son probably definitely agrees at this point, right? Um, because <laughs> yeah. you you put him through that, and now here we are. What's <laughs> what's the best horror f- horror film for you, Jen?
2: Uh, best horror, the one that I like hold is, hold dearest to my heart is the Amityville horror, the original one. Oh, but sure. guess I'm, I'm cool. going to throw up, I'm going to throw a book in there, Flowers in the Attic. Um, mm. I'm sure it doesn't hold up, but I don't care. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that is a fantastic note to leave it on. In the meantime, Matt, Jen, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate Anytime. it. Anytime. Of course. Thank you. Matt Hart is in Toronto and Den Soufan Lee is in Burnaby, BC. They're both commotion regulars and horror fans. Got to tell you, The Exorcist Believer is playing in select theaters now. That
0: was a clip from Commotion. You can listen to more episodes right now on the CBC Listen app and everywhere you get your podcasts. For more CBC
1: podcasts, go to cbc.ca
0: slash podcasts.